Biblical Life. Hey, welcome everyone. This is our next podcast for Teen Rescue. And we wanted our listeners to know that it's our goal and desire to try to do a monthly podcast regarding Teen Rescue. And today we're going to interview Rick and ask him to tell us about the time in the year 1991, the summer of 1991, when Teen Rescue almost stopped, right? Well, after each school year, starting with the school year of 86-87, after each school year was, was over from that time on for probably the better part of two decades, I always wondered, as a school year came to an end, if I would do the, the school traveling again, because mm-hmm. we never booked ahead probably much more than two, three months at the very most. And as the school year would end, we would conclude the year with, with what our schedule had had on it. And principals and counselors uh, were not calling in the spring of the year as in their mind, they're getting ready to shut school down for the summer. They weren't calling in the spring of the year to talk about the fall of the year Mm -hmm. for uh, presentations like Radical Life Support. So as each school year would come to an end throughout the summer, I wonder if I'm going to get calls again this next year to go do it. I mean, starting again like in 87, after doing, I think, probably 18 schools that first year, I wondered if, if I was going to do even one more school the coming year. Mm-hmm. Well, sure enough, you know, September rolls around and, and schools start calling. By the time we get to the, the end of that year, I think I had done in the neighborhood of probably 25 to 30 schools. In your first year? In the year? second year. First okay. year was 18. Second year was about 25. Okay. But by the time we hit the third school year, we're now doing in the neighborhood of 50 schools a year. Mm-hmm. For the third, the fourth year, 50 schools a year. And on top of that, we were doing a lot of conferences and rallies and retreats, was churches, coffee shops, uh, you name it. Mm-hmm. If there was a chicken coop, you right. know, to set the band up in to play in, you know, we were there doing it. Well, it was in the uh, the summer of uh, 91 that, again, same thing, wondering, is this going to continue on? We had just came off of our, our biggest year ever, and we had made some administrative decisions with Teen Rescue that caused for there to be a move to another town, caused for there to be an enlarging of the staff. And in doing all of that, there were just some calculations that we just were not aware of as young entrepreneur, mm-hmm. ministry, and rock and roll people we just that we didn't foresee so it, it caused for a really big change during the summer of 91 and a pulling back and for me personally because I would meet with my band members and different staffers I would share with them what my heart was to do but in my mind wasn't sure how to make the business end of it really work that wasn't your strength that was definitely not my strength and, and it's not like I was surrounded with people who had been there done that mm-hmm. uh, to get their advice to figure out how to do all this so, you know, as we went forward that year, what I did was I pretty much released the whole group and said, listen, you know, I can't promise anything. This is we come into our fifth year. I can't really promise anything here that would be solid enough for me to say, stick around. If I get a call, if some things start happening, we'll meet. We'll see what we can put together. I'll never forget the day for me personally. The band members had gone off. They were working jobs. Some had gone to ministry centers to, for training. Some, as I saw them leave, I pretty much knew that they would probably never be back with us again to travel. Mm-hmm. Others, I was hoping that they sure would be available. But for me personally, I you know, I went out one day and I thought, money is getting scarce here around the home front, so I'm going to go to a, an employment agency. That was in my thought. And as I was going that day, everything inside of me was just going, this is not right. 
I shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be going and I getting a job. I just shouldn't be going and getting a job. Everything inside me was just, you know, but yeah, one side of you, you're thinking, well, but I want to, I want to be, you know, I want to be faithful to provide for my family. And then over here on this other side, I'm hearing, what has God called you to do as you are being faithful and providing for your family? Mm -hmm. I'll never forget going to the employment agency. I was there a few minutes. I was grabbed by uh, an employer, went out for the day, worked at the end of the day, you know, given cash for the, for the job that I did. I went home, put the money in my wallet while I, while I was getting out of the car. I took my wallet and my glasses, and I set it on top of the car as I reached back in to grab some other stuff. And, you know, then next thing you know, somebody drives by. I get talking with them, walk up to the house, realize I have to go meet with somebody. So I go running back out, jump in the car, and take off. And I realized I didn't have my glasses, you know, uh, in, in my shirt pocket. And, and I thought, oh, no, I set them on top of the car. So... I looked, of course, they weren't still sitting there. The wallet was gone. I drove back home, and there they were. They were sitting right there on the, the road. Uh, Glasses had been run over. Uh, my wallet was there, and it was wide open. And the, the money I'd just stuck in there from working for the day was gone. It was gone. So uh, all that money you'd worked for, and yes. you thought... I should have went for a walk that day. Instead of... Do, you should have listened to your I, I, heart. Yeah, listen to my heart. Went for a, went on a prayer walk. That would have been good. Yeah. The thing I'll never forget is I walked into my office, you know, a little bit, you know, bummed, of course. Yeah, you know, I lost my somebody glass, you know. stole your money. Stole my money and, and, and the glasses were broke. And I just, you know, I just kind of beat myself up a little bit. I walked into my office. I could see the old uh, telephone recorder. I don't even know what to call that thing anymore. That it's an answering machine. Answering machine. I saw the light flickering. I thought, okay, somebody called me. I better check my messages. And as I listened to a superintendent of schools from the northwest part of the state asked me if I was available that school year to come. He had a consortium of 18 schools that he was in charge of and wondered if I would be available to do all 18 schools in the coming year and if we could fit into their budget and I could make that call fast enough to say, yes, we're available <laughs> yes. for 18 schools. Yes. yes, that fits our budget. Your budget works with our budget. Yes. And I remember calling up some of the band members. I remember meeting with a, a couple friends. I remember just saying, here's where I'm at. Here's what we've got in front of us in the next few months. And as that fall unfolded, we went into then what was going to be our busiest year ever, traveling with Teen Rescue, taking the band to the schools. And also in that same time period, we'd gone out, we'd bought some new sound equipment, we'd bought a new piece of transportation to travel with, and then I met somebody from a small little town who offered us the opportunity to come and join their youth ministry that they had been set up in, that's been that had been going for decades And if we wanted to come and function underneath of their banner, but still as Teen Rescue. So in the coming months, we Mm -hmm. took everything we were doing administrative-wise, took the band, and we moved out to the little town out there in West Central Minnesota. For the next four years, functioned in that way, each year, you know, growing and doing more and more schools. And I don't think I ever had another summer where I ever questioned, am I supposed to be doing this? Will, I, will there ever be another school that will call? It was just in, in a time of really great growth and excitement, you know, for what we were doing. You know, recently, you and I, we listened to a message by a pastor that exactly. talked about this. 
that inside of us, there can happen something of a shakeup that happens in our lives. Mm -hmm. But when God is bringing a shakeup, he is also getting you ready for a shift up. Mm -hmm. He's getting you ready for the next thing, a growing, uh, moving forward into something that you haven't anticipated. Yeah, you didn't realize it at the time. You thought everything was over, but God really had more in mind for you. Yes, he did. And I'll never forget, too, that year, one of my band members came to me. He'd been traveling with us for three years. And he told me when he first started, he said, Rick, I really, I want to be a part of this band and the ministry. But what I want to do is I want to learn everything I can because here's what my real desire is. Here's what my goal is. And I said, man, I I couldn't be more thrilled if something like that would happen. Well, in that fall, that happened in his life too. There was a shakeup that happened in his life that moved him on to that thing that he'd always been dreaming of doing. Nice. And here to this day, here we are probably 30-some years later, Mm -hmm. one of my best friends, you know, and still are contact often. It's just so beautiful to see how God brings us through these different times of our life. Right. We shouldn't get discouraged. No. I mean, as easy as it is to get discouraged, it's just as easy to say, do not be discouraged. Do not let yourself become discouraged. Speak to your soul. Come alive. Speak to your soul. Live. You know, when you wake up in the morning, it's your your responsibility to, to begin to encourage yourself. There you go. If you wait for somebody to come and encourage you, you may be waiting a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, discouragement may be coming your way, uh, but you got to you fend that off, and you'll, you fend it off by starting by encouraging yourself. The Bible says, "Speak to your soul to live." When your bones feel dry, you got to speak to them dry bones <laughs> and tell them to come alive, be refreshed. You know, the Lord wants us to be refreshed, and it starts with your own words. Words of life, words of encouragement, words of anticipation and of being positive. Mm-hmm. You've got to be living your life in such a way that I heard I heard somebody say once that, you know, you're either a pessimist mm-hmm. or you're an optimist. I've come to the conclusion that I'm neither one. I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist. I'm a psalmist. A and that's not because I have the ability to grab a guitar and sing a song. I'm a psalmist because my cup is not half full and it's not half empty. But what my cup is, it's running over. <laughs> yes. Your story also reminds me to be very careful that when you're waiting on God or it, it doesn't look like something's happened, don't go in and try to make it happen. Right. Be careful that you don't say, oh, God, you're taking too long to, to do something, and I'm going to go try to make it work myself. Yeah. Well, it's the difference between um, moving forward in the flesh mm-hmm. or walking forward in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that you have to learn. Yes. As you listen to the Holy Spirit speak to your heart, as you walk things out in the Spirit, even though you're living in this body of flesh, in this world of flesh, as you're walking through it, you've got to be moving through it, though, in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You've got to. I mean, the Spirit part of you is bigger than the flesh part of you. It's just that, and I'll tell you which one wins, the one that you feed the most. You feed the flesh and don't feed the Spirit, right. well, your flesh is going to win every time. And, that, and you go down the road of feeding the flesh constantly, it's not pretty. But I tell you, you feed your spirit, your spirit grows, your spirit's encouraged, your spirit your spirit encourages others. By the way, the best way to be encouraged, encourage others. Give to others. The way to get is to give. The way to receive is to spread that love around. <laughs> That's great, babe. And if our listeners have any other questions or topics that you would like to know about regarding Teen Rescue, we'd ask that you please email us at rickandrobinmoe at gmail.com. We'd love to share more stories and hope to interview some people down the road. So we look forward to talking to you next month. And Rick? It's just another episode of Radical Life. 